Four. Welcome to <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to ICUP with we in the name of science discovery knowledge and understanding this is our ongoing examination of the insane clown posse I'm Aaron and I'm Eric and today we're reviewing Violent J's 2018 EP brother Donuts this morning, I had a bagel. But we'll get to that here in a second, guys. Hello, welcome back. Before we get to food habits, we need to get to episode habits. And one habit that I have is welcoming you to each and every episode, whether you are here for the first time, here for a long time, whether you love us one time or whether you uh, love us long time. Uh, and I hope you do love us long time. Uh, and by, when I say us, do I mean the Royal us? No, I mean us as in, I have one more individual that I usually have a conversation with. Did you think that I've been talking to myself this whole time? I really hope not. You should get your ears checked because I've been actually talking to somebody who is not in this very room. But he is in a room, I would say, approximately four walls, maybe a roof as well. Uh, if I were a betting man, I'd say you probably have carpeted floors in said room. And that is a room that's in the Seattle area, and it's in his own house. And his name is Eric. Eric, hello. Hello. You didn't see it, but I just did uh, the Power Ranger arm motions, the morphin motions when I said hello and did the head nods along with it. <laughs> um, nice. Yeah. I was, uh, you I w- know, and why didn't I see that? I think you could say that I didn't see that because we're not in the same room. That's true. I was starting to panic there because it was like uh, in one of those spy action movies where the satellite is like zooming in and zooming in and zooming in, and they're they're like enhance, enhance, and all of a sudden the picture comes into focus. That's what you were doing. You were describing the location and then the the house and the room, and like I was like. There are walls. I do have carpet. He knows oh right where God. I am. That was wild. I'm in your house. <laughs> that would be awesome if you were like just set up recording in another room in my house. And I'm like, how did you do that without me noticing? I just next next week you hear my intro is just like, and he is wearing blue <laughs> jeans with a, with be... a pretty cool shirt. And just yeah. describe you perfectly. Are you wearing blue jeans? I am not. Okay. I am Neither, not. Neither. Full disclosure, I'm not wearing blue jeans either. Oh, good. Good. I I would have felt underdressed if you were wearing blue jeans right now. I have to say, I'm not wearing blue jeans because I am wearing a tuxedo. Oh, shit. I'm so <laughs> underdressed. No. I think you are incredibly underdressed my friend i I always wear my tuxedo do you not usually wear a tuxedo when we do these things we gotta talk i just usually wear a very fine uh, italian made tailored suit i don't generally wear a full Mm. tux okay that's that's reasonable that's reasonable though yeah 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 Uh, do you you like your tailor 
Yeah, I'm a I'm I'm a pretty big fan. You might have heard of him. His name is Alfred. He usually mm. works with Bruce Wayne. Oh yeah, that guy seems pretty cool. Yeah, he's not just a tailor. He's also a butler, and he keeps secrets really well. Does he? Yeah, okay. He does. He I wonder does. what secrets he's keeping about Bruce Wayne. Uh, I don't know. You know, I've tried to get it out of him. Like, hey, that guy's kind of a recluse, kind of an interesting weirdo. He's like Elon Musk. If Elon Musk wasn't like a a really outspoken, like kind of a dick, and he, mm. he just he won't tell me anything. He won't tell me anything. Hmm. You know what I've thought about? I have never seen Bruce Wayne and the Penguin in the same room. Now that you say that, I don't think I have either. As a matter of fact, I don't think I've ever seen Bruce Wayne in the same room as pretty much any villain. Bruce Wayne is every villain. Yeah, generally, if Bruce Wayne is somewhere that a villain shows up, Bruce Wayne disappears. So, coincidence? Hmm. I think not. I think not. But listen, this is not an episode of Gotham with we. Confirmed. We exist within the DC universe. Officially. Yes, no, this, pod, this podcast takes place within the DC universe. Yes. It is canon. Canon. Ladies and gentlemen. With that being said, we have something very important to get to. I didn't eat donuts today. I had a bagel. It was teased in the beginning. That was that was, was quite the tease. In the beginning. People are probably like on the edge of their seat. They're like, "Enough with this Bruce Wayne talk. Tell me about that bagel." Bruce Wayne. Yeah, I gotta know about that bagel. And I'm telling you about that bagel now. It was actually I had three bagels this morning. Uh, I was feeling a little saucy, That's and so I decided saucy. to have three. I had an everything bagel. I had an Asiago cheese bagel, and I had a cinnamon raisin bagel. That's delightful. I know that that's weird. I know that that's weird because usually I am munching on nuts <laughs> during our recordings. Can we, can we agree on that? Usually I got, I got the nuts in my mouth. I would say that's pretty frequent that you are munching nuts while we record. And so today was a little different. But you were munching bag today. <laughs> Yeah, I was munching bag, and you picked up the slack, and you munched on nuts this morning. I did. I we we picked up some nuts, munched those nuts, and now we're here doing this. Eric eating nuts. Aaron munching bag. We are having a nut bag morning. We are having guys. We are having a nut bag morning indeed, and I couldn't have it any other way on this fine Mother's Day morning. It is Mother's Day. Hey, happy Mother's Day to any mother that, or anybody who has a mother that's listening to this. Guys, it's Mother's Day. I, well, I know by the time you hear this, it's going to be like four or five days past Mother's Day. Yeah, for sure. Go back over to your mom's house and play them this episode as a mother's, a late Mother's Day gift. That's Yeah, that's a good... Hey, and we'll say this. Happy Mother's Day, mom. mom other people's happy moms. happy Mother's Day. Yeah. Other people's moms, mom. happy Mother's Day. Right, exactly. Every mom in the world deserves a happy Mother's Day. That's true. Can we Except, agree on this? Unless they're like really shitty moms, and then they don't deserve Mother's Day. Do you think Hitler got his mom for Mother's Day? I couldn't even begin to imagine. I don't think it existed Genocide, back then. probably. Uh, <laughs> he attempted global domination it, for her. I don't know. What if, what if it comes out... <laughs> That the Holocaust was all to impress his mother for Mother's Day. That's 
I, I wanted to give my mom the, wo- the world. <laughs> I wanted to give her the world. <laughs> You know, you know how you know how you do a a uh, a perfect German accent. Do an impression of the three little pigs from Shrek. <laughs> he hoofed and he puffed and he signed an eviction notice. <laughs> that was really creepy. That was really weird. That Guys, was really weird. today we have a guest on the podcast, and it is one of the three little pigs from the Shrek movie. Hi, how are you? Oh God. I don't think I can do that. <laughs> uh, yeah, guys. Hey, we're gonna have to cancel our guest today. I think he's gonna. Yeah, I think he's gonna leave. The- uh, c- goodbye. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Goodbye. Hey, don't let the door hit you where the uh, good Lord splits you, my friend. And I will see you uh, soon. See you in hell, pig. <laughs> see you in hell, pig. <laughs> That's what I say when I get pulled over. <laughs> Right before I, be rude. Right before I drive away. Right, yeah, right. <laughs> you, you, you're just like completely like like very pleasant and compliant. You get your ticket as he's walking away. You're like, see it out, pig. <laughs> just fucking burn out. <laughs> I could just picture it. That's amazing. <laughs> The cops like I don't understand. I, I already gave him a like, ticket. What? <laughs> <laughs> I guess I pull him over again. I don't know. Good pull times. me over again, and then pull me out of the car and beat me and shoot me, probably. Yeah, sounds about right. Guys, cops are monsters. Uh, okay, so with that being said, a happy Mother's Day. Cops are monsters. <laughs> German accents. Mm-hmm. Nut bags. Yes. We have something to re- review today, and that is an EP extended play by Violent J, Violent Jeremy. No. <laughs> Violent Joe. Uh, Jeremy sounded more fancy, though. I, I had to go with Jeremy. Violent Joseph? I guess Joseph would be good, yeah. Yeah. Violent Joseph the Third. <laughs> I just picture like, you know, when your mom gets mad at you or I, my, mine did, if she gets oh, yeah, really no, mad, my mom got mad at me a lot. Yeah. Okay. When mine would get mad at me when I was a kid, I got the first name and a middle name. And I, yeah. I picture when Violent J's mom got really mad, it was Violent Joseph Bruce. Violent Joseph Bruce, you get down here now. So that's, <laughs> that's uh, insinuating that. Violent is his first name. Yeah, exactly. And Joe is Joe is his middle <laughs> right. name. Yes, exactly. Perfect. I think that's right. I think that's right. Uh, you know what? Violent J, prove us wrong. Show us your birth certificate. Oh, God. And while we're at it, Obama, show me your birth certificate as well, my friend. Yeah, Violent Barack Obama. <laughs> violent Joseph Barack Obama. <laughs> what? What are we reviewing today? Guys, we're reviewing an EP called Brother. Happy Brother's Day. Happy Brother's Day. It's Brother's Day. It is Brother's Day. Last Sunday, the day we're recording, might have been Mother's Day. But this Thursday, I assume is probably going to be the day it comes out, Mm. is Brother's Day. Yeah, Happy Brother's Day. It's great. We're, We're having a great time. And guys, 
we would not be able to have a great time if we didn't get some sort of background information about this EP before we talk about it. Eric, I know you took, I mean, you put on your hat that has a brim on the front and the back. Right. And you grabbed your magnifying glass and you put your nose to the grindstone. What do they call that hat? A deer something? Oh, I have no fu- I call it a Sherlock Holmes hat. What do they call that? Let's thing? look it up. A deer kill a deer stalker hat. That's what that's called. Deer stalker hat. Yes. yes. Deer stalker hat. Fun times. Eric, what do we need to know about this album? <laughs> All right, so here's what we need to know. Uh you know, you, you joked about me dressing up like I assume those were Sherlock Holmes references with the deer stalker hat and the magnifying yes. glass. But uh yeah. Trying to unravel this one was interesting because all the information is out there. It's just not in one place to make it all make sense. So here's what I figured out. On November 30th, 2018, ICP announced that both Shaggy and Jay would go on approximately 30-day solo tours where they were hitting multiple cities all over the country before they essentially came back and met up for Juggalo Day weekend, which would be in February of 2019. When they announced these tours, they put out the tour flyers. And on the bottom of the tour flyer for Violent J's, below all the dates... By the way, his tour was called the E&J Tour because he was co-headlining with Esham. Mm. There was a note included at the bottom in all caps that said, Special Violent J Solo EP Black Eyed Kids only available with Violent J meet and greet. So basically saying that if you buy the VIP meet and greet ticket, you'll also get this EP. Right. Now, at some point between the end of November and the end of December, they changed the name of the EP from Black Eyed Kids to Brother, which is what we're reviewing now. So this is a 2018 release, but only in the most technical sense. Here's why. Violent J's tour kicked off on 12-31-18, so last Mm. day of the year. Unfortunately... It looks like the tour was canceled after three days. So there was really not much of an opportunity to get your hands on a copy. Uh, Only a few people probably did in those three days. The reason the tour was canceled is because Fearless Fred Fury was supposed to have been done and complete by the time those tours started, but they were not. Things were behind schedule. The album was not complete. They uh, weren't completely done, I guess, mixing and finishing up the album they didn't finish the videos they had to do promo photos and all kinds of stuff that were just not done so he canceled the tour to finish and focus on fearless red fury apparently Mm -hmm. shaggy was still out doing his stuff and they were waiting for him to be able to come back since he he was deeper into his tour and didn't cancel his but because there wasn't an opportunity to get the ep out because the tour was canceled they did issue a full proper physical version i think the first one from what i saw was just a disc in a paper sleeve but for juggalo day in new orleans which they did attend uh february 16th and 17th of 2019 they did a full digipack cd of the brother ep which sold out and then 
so that more people could get access to it or so that they could make some more money. On March 27th, 2019, a third physical version of the album was put up for $25 on ICP's merch site. It was limited to 1,000 copies and... They said that 200 people would randomly also get a new two-song ICP EP. They called it an EP, even though it was two songs. I guess that's a single. But it's called mm. Steve Meets Abu. And every one of those was signed and numbered by hand by Violent J. And this nice. thing sold out immediately. Like, it was gone online. I think because of the buildup, there was probably people excited to get a chance to listen to it because it wasn't really available. So. Right. Those sold out really quickly. Then, finally, for the rest of us, the Brother EP was added to digital storefronts and streaming services in February of 2021, so just a couple months ago, along with Shaggy Two Dope's Gloomy Sunday EP, which actually originally only released nine days after Violent J's Brother EP. Uh, we'll talk about that next week more. And it looks like this EP... The Brother EP was primarily engineered, mixed, and produced by Straight Jacket with additional production credits for two songs going to Mike P uh, and also some stuff credited to Dr. Punch, who is Violent J. So that's everything I know about the album. Amazing. And honestly, that's a lot of information for something that's had this weird triple release, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And and I think, I think you're absolutely right because when I was listening to Steve Meets Abu on youtube this morning mm -hmm. i saw one of the recommended was to listen to the brother ep and it was it was a photo of like a paper sleeve cd uh, right yeah so i think you're absolutely correct that that was that juggalo day weekend uh release was probably a paper sleeved release I think the Juggalo Day weekend one was an actual digipack disc, but I think the original tour ones were just oh, the original sleeve. tour yeah. ones. Okay. Yeah. That but either sense. way, yeah. I think there's three separate releases of this. Pretty sure. From oh, what I can absolutely. Tell. Yeah. Well, hey, I mean, let's wait no further then. Do you, should we go ahead and start our review by talking about the album cover? I think we should. Okay. I'm clicking it now. I'm going in cold and wow. Hulk Hogan's eyes are piercing my soul. Okay, so to so this is uh, in yellow and red colorway, which is Hulk Hogan's colorway. Of course. Uh, you see Violent J, the word, uh, so you see Violent J's name, Juggalo, and Brother EP written in Hulk Hogan's font. Yep. There's a massive illustration of Hulk Hogan staring you fuck, like, fucking down. The main cover is literally just his face. Uh, his bandana says Juggalo rather than Hulk Hogan. Yeah. That mustache is looking as amazing as ever. Yeah. And this is man in the corner. This is classic Hogan. This is 80s Hogan. This is not late 90s, early 2000s, oh, like yeah. uh, black outfit, shoe polish on the beard, like Hollywood Hogan. No, this is Hulkamaniac Hulk Hogan. Yeah, this is this is primetime Hulk Hogan right now. Yes. Um, And I think it looks sick. Now... Does the EP live up to all this branding? We'll get to that. Yeah. But the whole color scheme being his same color scheme, having all the font, you know, having the fonts be his font. I mean, I think it's, it, this is a great cover. Is it aesthetically pleasing? Maybe not. Maybe it's a little out there, but it's branded the way Hulk Hogan's branded himself. 
with a good mix of branding the way ICP and Violent J brands themselves. I, you know, you I know think I mean? it is aesthetically pleasing. I look at this, and number one, I'm a fan of Digipack CD layouts. That's basically the cardboard single fold that opens up and you put the disc mm-hmm. in. I think this layout is awesome. It's super consistent. It's very bold, very striking. It's a very consistent art style all the way through. The illustrations are cool. The colors are cool. The fonts are cool. I mean, it's, you know... It's very Hogan branded, but it's very fun. Oh yeah, don't get me wrong. I lo- I like it. I think it's very fun as well. I just I I I've always hated red and yellow together as a colorway. <laughs> oh, you're not a ketchup uh, and mustard just, fan, huh? It, it makes me th- it just it literally just makes me think of ketchup and mustard or like McDonald's or uh, Hulk Hogan or Hulk Hogan. You know, but for what it is and like for branding it like Hulk Hogan and branding it the brother EP phenomenal job it looks great yeah 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 i think it's cool it's it's definitely one of their i would put this pretty high in the list i mean not with some of the early jokers cards and sideshows that had great covers but i would say this is in in the top you know probably a tier if if s is above it this is an a tier cover for them okay yeah i mean i it, it would definitely be in the upper third for me i think because they've had way worse and they've had a lot of forgettable album covers. But every time I think of the brother EP, this is going to be very clearly in my mind. I'll be able to picture it, you know? You know what we should do? After we've caught up and we're doing our individual episodes, which we haven't discussed yet on the podcast, but we sort of have a plan for, we should do one that's an album cover tier ranking for ICP. That'd be good. That'd be really good. That would be good. And then we could post it online for people to see it. Yeah, I, I like I like that idea a nice. lot. We might have to split um, it and go LPs and EPs or something like that because there's so many. Yeah, because I have a lot of shit. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Well, hey, that is the album cover. We need to get in the actual album. Let's get to it. Guys, this is an EP. It has five songs. Comes in at 19 minutes, 39 seconds. The intro being the first song called Brother. What do you think? I think I was surprised that it's not called intro. As a matter of fact, when I was putting together the outline, I I had intro in there, and then I looked and went, nope, it's called brother. Oh, in my notes, in my notes, I actually still have it say intro. Yes. I nice. just instinctively typed it, yeah. Uh, you know what? I think this is a great intro. It's literally just samples of Hulk Hogan. Well, it starts with him saying, we've been hanging and banging, brother, and then it's just brother 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 just all samples of him saying brother and then at the very end it's hulk hogan saying they'll be drinking their sweat to try to survive and then it goes into the next song i thought it was really cool and we also hear those brother samples pop up throughout the rest of the album here and there so pretty neat what'd you think listen as somebody that's put out an ep that has wrestling clips that's true sewn into it yes i love it I think it's great. Very, very Hulk Hogan because this is literally Hulk Hogan's voice. There's not much else to say about it. It's, it's, I mean, it's, there's no musicality to it, right? It's just his voice. That being said, I think it's great. I think it's a great intro for an EP called Brother. All right. Well, let's move on to track two. This one's called A Fine Day. Uh, what'd you think about this track? The song stresses me out. 
<laughs> I I um, wondered if it would listening to it because there's a lot going on in the beat. There's a lot going on in the beat. The beat is very guitar heavy. That guitar is very gain heavy. It's not like prevalent nasty guitar. It's just very heavy guitar. I think it's distorted. It's, it's like bass run through a distortion. You think so? I'm pretty positive it's bass. It, I mean, it's very low end, so that doesn't surprise me at all. I just figured it was a downtuned guitar. I don't know. Yeah, the beat, I don't like. And then even to add to that, Violent J purposefully stutters more than 50% of the words in this song. Right? Like almost every line. And it's not pleasing to listen to, but as like a dramatized telling of a story, I think it's he does a great job. I, okay. I think that this works as a dramatization of of a storytelling, but like to put this on in your car to jam out, you're not going to jam out. You're you're this is not pleasing on your ears too much, in my opinion. Uh, but the the story basically is that verse one, he doesn't you know he doesn't know if he's dreaming or whatever. He felt his chest splatter, brain matter. Uh, his his girlfriend or whoever at the time is went through his phone pretty much and is beating him verse two it continues on to he's trying to get out of the house fell out the window talking through all his injuries right uh, and then he kind of focuses in on his head sort of at the the latter half of that verse the ending of that verse and into verse three after the chorus it, it basically him just retaining all these injuries of his girlfriend finding out like finding nude pictures of another woman on his phone while he was asleep. Chorus was cool though. I, I think I I gotta say, I really liked the chorus. Who's that singing? Do you know who's singing on that? I do. I actually do. Ooh. Yes. Okay. Uh. So first off, I gotta say this: we don't always disagree about songs or albums, but when we do, I like to think we disagree in an extreme manner. And in this one, I think we do because. Mm. I love this beat. Love it. I do jam it in the car. I've listened to this song a bunch of times because I really liked it. Uh, I love Violent J's delivery. I like the way he's changing up his voices and doing some of the stutters and stuff. I thought that was really cool. That sample on the hook, I was like, I know this. I've heard this. Uh, and I looked it up, and that sample is from a 1983 acapella song called A Fine Day by an artist named Jane. And then in the early 90s, uh, EDM group made a dance song. They're, they're called Opus 3 uh, that was a cover of this and was a big international hit. And I believe it's that version that's sampled here, but I can't um, oh, okay. be sure. But yes, that is sampled from their song. Um, and I think it's... I think that's amazing. I love that. You're easily the best part of the song. Is, oh yeah, is how they incorporate that sample. That yeah. that hooked me in. I liked that heavy distorted bass on there. I thought it was kind of cool for this beat. But that that sample of the singing, uh, and we've talked about Suicide Boys a bunch of times. Totally felt like something they would put in a beat that I always enjoy. I could I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. Totally cool. And and again. The way Violet J delivers this is cool. Listening to that story was really kind of interesting. So, yes, his girlfriend goes through his phone and finds nude pictures of somebody named Shelly. And she gets heated and decides to basically wake him up by bashing him with a bat. So, 
he's all fucked up. And then all of a sudden he hears her loading a gun. She rolls him over and shoots him and then gets in his car and drives away. So when he tries to stand up, he falls out the window, breaks his back. His head is like hanging off. He talks about, you mentioned his head. He said he puts it in his shirt to hold onto it. And it's hanging like a melon in a stocking or something like that. So cops see him and think he's some sort of zombie and start shooting at him. And at that moment, his girl shows up in the car going over 100 and hits all three of them. It was pretty wild. So he says he can't remember if it's a dream or reality. So what was it? Was it one or the other? Might be a dramatization of something that happened. But uh, top to bottom, I thought this was a really well put together, very cool song. Perfect. I don't want y'all to think that I'm hating on this song in any ways. I wouldn't jam it any regular day while i'm driving down the street in my 64 i i can i can sit down here and listen to it and and enjoy the story and although there's parts that i don't like about it it's objectively a good story and and a good telling of that you know said story yeah i dig it well hey let's move on to track number three blazing through all of these tracks today let's track number three is a track called Jackin faux beats. I I cannot wait to talk about this one with you. There's so much let's, to talk let's about. Hear it. So this song is inspired by Ice Cube's 1990 song called Jackin Four Beats. This one's called Jackin Foe F O E. Uh, and at the beginning, Violent J even says the original Jackin for Beats Ice Cube. Jackin for Beats Two Sticky Fingers. Sticky Fingers, if you don't know, is from the group Onyx, which was released in 1999. Also, coincidentally, Onyx is the first big group that ICP went out on tour with. And mm. then he says, Jackin' for Beats 3, Violent J of the ICP. But when I looked this up, I didn't even, I wasn't even searching for this. All of a sudden, all of these other songs called Jackin' number 4, F-O-R, F-O-E, F-O, Jackin' for Beats came up. I guess Violent J forgot to mention the other 12 plus versions that artists did before his because he gave himself number three. But I'm talking big artists like T.I., Trey Songs, The Game, ASAP Rocky, Nipsey Hussle, uh, Talib Kweli, Big Crit, Jermaine Dupree, Yo Gotti, and more all have songs like this. And they're all so it really it's more like version 15 violent J. Like, you know what I mean? Oh, uh, we'll we, and, and I'll get into it when, when I. It's my turn to talk about it, but Violent J thinks very highly of himself. There's one or two verses here where I'm like, overstepped. You overstepped there. But uh Yeah. Well yeah, we'll we'll get into those. Just yeah. just to explain it though, the the theme for all of these songs is that they basically take beats from other popular songs or songs within their genre and do a verse for each beat, right? So they're 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 jacking other people's beats and laying verses over them. So this one is no different than those. It starts with taking the beat from Hypnotized by Notorious B.I.G. I thought his flows were cool there. That was fine. Then it goes to A Millie by Lil Wayne. Now this is the third time they've sampled Lil Wayne. There must there they must be big Wayne heads just like you were. Uh, I think so. But I'll be honest, on this one, I think Jay kind of rocks this verse. Like, he goes hard on this one. And when I said 
you know, yeah, I think his flows were solid when they did six foot, seven foot. I, I think Lil Wayne ran away with that one if you put them side by side. And this one, if you put their flows side by side, I think Violent J holds his own. Maybe even I like his a little bit better. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. But then this next one is the one that really I was like, dude, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Uh, so he then bites another race from Erd Beat, this time Black Beatles, which is easily their biggest song. I mean, this was like a number one hit for them, right? And I can't be sure... Correct me if I'm wrong here, but it sounds like he is big time coming after them after he jacked their beat for for life. So I don't know. I I actually look to see if there's any beef, if there's anything them saying something. Now, if they did, it was never publicized. But Mm. he, he says in this song, he says, your beat wasn't shit till I stole it. And I was like, yikes. Then he tells them to eat his ass, suck his nuts, guzzle his semen. He tells them to sue him because and he says, get in line. I don't care. I'm broke. That's fine. He also basically threatens to kill them and says that they'll be slipping on your blood. And I was like, why are you going after them like this? What happened? The vibe shifted when it hit this verse. Yeah, it was angry. I was like, fuck, (laughs) what did they do? What did they say? And then... He goes, he does something that I'm like, you're trying to get yourself killed, aren't you? That's what you want to do. You want, you want somebody to actually kill you. So he jacks the beat from Gummo by 6ix9ine. And mm-hmm. I'm going to say he goes hard on this verse and it's dope. He throws in a Michael Jackson reference in this one. And then there's a line where he kind of disses 6ix9ine's delivery. And he says, why the fuck are we yelling for nothing? And I was like, that's funny, but also, why why are you poking the bear here? Why are you doing that? Anyway, the next beat he goes to is Work It by Missy Elliott. I thought that was pretty funny. That was a fine beat. It was funny. Oh, yeah. Yeah. After after that, he takes the beat from 24-7 by Esham, uh, and he says, even if you're down with my crew, which is actually a line from the original Ice Cube track, because Ice Cube takes, I think, a public enemy beat who they were like friends with at the time, and, you know... He's like, I'll take your beat even if I'm friends with you. Then after that, Hotline Hotline Bling by Drake. And honestly, to me, this is the only verse in the song that he doesn't do much with. This this one didn't Yeah. This one didn't really work. It wasn't good. It it was not even super recognizable as that song. Fine though. It was fine. And then finally, Ice Ice Baby by Vanilla Ice. And the verse is funny because it's straight up just defending Rob Van Winkle, Vanilla Ice, as his friend, like, you know, you don't like this song? Well, fuck you. Rob's got money, and he has multi-platinum, and you got nothing, and fuck you. And I'm like, okay, that's pretty funny. And then it just ends with the family chant. Uh, This song is funny to listen to. It was cool to hear. I don't know if I would go back and listen to it over and over, but if I was just listening to the EP, I'd let it play, I guess. But I know I just talked a lot about it, but what were your thoughts? Yeah, so I think my biggest thing to your to your latest point is if I would I would not skip this, I would let it play, but I also think that it would be more enjoyable if it was maybe like two verses shorter. I think you cut the hotline bling verse and I think you cut pro- I would probably cut Gummo by 69 that verse. Just cuz that's another short one, right? But let let me go through it here. So okay, so let's see. With his second verse, 
the Lil Wayne the verse. verse yeah. The Lil Wayne verse. Uh, he he's referring to himself as Duke yet again. Yes. Uh, something that we referred to a few weeks back, maybe mm-hmm. a month ago. Yeah. And uh, I just wanted to point that out again. I thought it was funny that most all of the verses that he did, he he sounded like himself, but then the Lil Wayne verse, it sounded like he was doing an impression of Lil Wayne. And I thought it was funny, not saying it was a bad impression or that it took away from it. It was just a funny thing that I thought I was like, man, you sound like yourself every other verse. <laughs> um, but I mean, most of these verses he, he's, I think the the first one, the Notorious B.I.G. one, was great. Yep. I think, like you said, you put his Amelie verse up against Lil Wayne's, and it's comparable, maybe if, if not a little better. Yeah. Then you get to verse three, the Black Beatles verse, and it just destroyed this song for me. How he's going in so hard on them. Yeah, I don't. Why? 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 Why are you coming after this? Them? Took like a lighthearted thing like a lighthearted fun song and turned it into like a diss track, like a mini diss track. And, and plus the, the, your beat wasn't shit till I stole it. Come on, man. <laughs> you can't think that you can't think that's true. No, hell There's no. no way you think that's true. Black Beatles was one of the biggest songs of the year when it came out. Like let's, let's get real here. <laughs> My theory is he doesn't think that. My theory is that he's just saying stuff to piss them off. You know, and and that's probably like there's I'm not going to sit here and say, "Oh, he's so like self righteous. He's so like he thinks he's amazing. He's sucking his own dick." I know he probably doesn't think that. And I know he's probably saying it to piss piss them off. Man, is it a bad look though. Yeah. But as a Man, rapper, a that's something that you kind of No, you don't have to. But I think it's it's a it's a rap stereotype, right? To go, you need yeah. to be boastful and and sort of uh, self centered and proud in that way. And I think that's what's happening here. But also, he tells them to spread his butt cheeks and lick his milk dud. That's gross. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't like that part at all. <laughs> uh, that, not at all. That came up in a song before the whole milk dud thing, but um. All I can picture is spreading somebody's butt cheeks and there being just just a tiny little poop down little in there in the butthole that they want you to lick. Just a nugget of poop. Ew. So then you go to the 6ix9ine verse, and again, he's kind of egging 6ix9ine on. I don't know why. There's no reason to. Then we get to the Missy Elliott verse, and I I started enjoying it again. I enjoyed the shit out of it again. I yeah. thought it was great. Yeah. Uh, I loved hearing... Backwards, I yeah. thought was funny. Well, he put his I thing mean, down, flipped like, it, and reversed it, you know. Yeah, just like Missy Elliott did, which is really good. Because For some reason, that song gets brought up all the time in my life, which is weird. But uh, then we go to the Esham verse, and he's very respectful of yes. Esham, saying, of hey, this is, this is my friend, but I'm jacking kind of thing. Right. But man, then that hotline bling verse, I think had to be the, this, this is the worst verse. Yeah. This is the worst verse. This is the worst because it wasn't, he wasn't particularly good at that style. It wasn't, you know, I recognized it as hotline bling after a few seconds, but every other beat I recognized instantly save the six, nine beats. I don't really listen to six, nine. Oh, okay. 
but every every other beat i i recognize instantly yeah it's weird that even though hotline bling is a very iconic drake song this one just didn't didn't come through as much i don't think right you you needed drake's singing flows there to really have that immediately be recognizable and violent j doesn't really do that so he does yeah he doesn't follow the the vocal pattern or the melody really he did his own it needs it yeah it does uh yeah then the ice ice baby uh verse it it was great it was great i I think the song was a fun listen to two verses too long i already told you which verses i would probably omit outside of those few bad parts i think this was a fun listen yeah i i agree it was cool it was i think the track is fun and cool it did feel a little bit long the the drake track i think uh would be the the one that i would cut and there were two or three other ones that i would have been fine if it wasn't there Mm. it's not like the song was super long it just felt like one too many that's all two too many maybe but yeah Not mad at it either. Uh, All right, let's move on to track four. This one is called Black Eyed Kids, the uh, original title track for the album, featuring Shaggy 2 Dope. I don't know why they don't just call this an ICP track, but it's Violent J featuring Shaggy 2 Dope. What did you think of this? Yeah, this is very much so an ICP track for sure. So the intro is just a bunch of brothers, which I, I guess this is kind of the time I can get into it. It's very heavily branded hulk hogan but i wish there was maybe a little bit more in there other than the intro and then all throughout songs even not just this intro but all throughout this like every song pretty much you hear samples of hulk hogan saying brother yes they don't and they don't they don't really add they don't really take away that's probably why we never mentioned them in the previous two songs we were just talking about right they're just kind of there but I, I really wish we had a little bit more with the the cover being so heavily branded Hulk Hogan. I wish we had a little bit more Hulk Hogan, like, like some sample interludes or something. Throughout. Yeah, like some sample interludes uh, would be fantastic. Like just him trash talking other wrestlers, him talking to the, uh, you know, the interviewer b- before or after, like anything like that. You know what yeah. I mean? I think would have been really cool. No, I'm not saying, hey, make a song about Hulk Hogan, because I think they would probably execute that very poorly. Or maybe they won't. I don't know. You know what? ICP, make a song about Hulk Hogan. I'll be the judge of that. Yeah, make it about how Hulk Hogan's a racist and how much you hate him. Yeah, brother. Okay, so Black Eyed Kids, this song, by the way, annotated on Genius by our very own Eric. Me? This song references the creepypasta slash urban legend of supernatural beings called black eyed children. Uh, and then there you, you posted a Wikipedia article Yes, for it. Thank you so much for that. Um, you also post you annotated the entirety of the lyrics cause genius does not have the correct lyrics. Correct. <laughs> so, okay. So this song, it's very important to note that this song interpolates, uh, the song riders on the storm by the doors. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think they did a very, very good job with that. I thought that the the music and the beat was super fucking cool. I thought it was great hearing Shaggy on this track. Like I said, this reads, or like you said, rather, this reads more like an ICP track rather than a Violent J solo. Don't know why they didn't just call it an ICP track, but oh well. I think the source material of what he's rapping about is super cool. I think that he's got some interesting lyrics in here. I think that 
he overall everything is executed very well but i feel like most every one of the verses is like the simplest form of vocal pattern yeah i don't think they did anything cool with the vocal like with with the flows at all i especially felt that for shaggy's sort of wrapped portion of it yeah shaggy's wrapped portion Although it did a great job, because it was so it was kind of basically it was kind of like a. Uh, I, 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 although he did a great job of it, it felt kind of like a breakdown in the middle of the verse, right? And although he did a great job of it, it was just very, very simple, very simple. What are your thoughts on it? My honest thoughts, I actually at first, and so did Christy. We were listening in the car, thought that this was still part of the Jack and Faux Beats track. Because mm. it starts with that Riders on the Storm sort of hook, right? right. Black Eyed yeah. Kids at Night. It's sort of, it's very much exactly the same as Riders on the Storm. And then it got into the song and I'm like, oh no, this is a different song. This isn't part of that. So it was funny to put this right after. You know, at first I listened to the beat and I was like, yeah, this isn't something I'm into. And it's also weird because from what I can tell... It seems like they're mostly wrapping their verses together at the same time or the way the vocals are layered. I can't 100% tell if that's what's going on there, but it sort of sounds like it. It gives it a weird sound to the song. And when I initially saw the title, I definitely thought this was going to be a song about abused children. But then I listened to it and I was like, what is this about? This isn't about abused children. It sounds like it's about creepy supernatural dead kids and so totally by accident i was trying to look up the lyrics and discovered there was a movie in 2015 called black-eyed kids it was a sort of faux documentary about a supernatural phenomenon based around these children with not punched black eyes but like their eyes themselves are black so i dug a little deeper and i found out about this creepy pasta which i never knew about uh i i mean it's it's basically yeah, no, kind of like slender man this this pretty much opened my eyes to uh, to the the black eyed children as well. Yeah, so I'll give you a quick from Wikipedia explanation of what it is for anybody that doesn't know. So these black eyed kids are creatures that resemble children between the ages of six and sixteen with pale skin and black eyes, and they're reportedly seen hitchhiking or panhandling or are encountered on the doorsteps of residential homes, things like that. Most sources, when you look into this, indicate that the legend actually originated from a 1996 posting written by Texas reporter Brian Bethel mm. on a ghost-related mailing list that I don't know if that was something people would sign up for and share stories. Uh, but he allegedly had two encounters with these black-eyed kids in Abilene, Texas in 1996. I, I didn't know that. I mean, lived in Texas for a good portion of my life. Never heard about this. He also claimed yeah. that a second person in Portland, Oregon had had an encounter. And then in 2012, he retold his story on a reality TV series called Monsters and Mysteries in America. And he wrote a follow-up article for the Abilene Reporter News describing the experience and maintaining his belief that it was legitimate, not that he's making something up. Uh, and then since then, especially since that TV series, that movie came out, and there have been alleged sightings all over the world, and apparently ghost hunters take these reports very seriously. Some even believe them to be aliens, vampires, or ghosts. Ooh. 
So yeah, I had no idea. And with that context, the song made a lot more sense to me. Uh, except in this song, it seems if, as if these are the tortured souls of children and they will attack you if you encounter them. Like something bad had happened to them in life and they are suffering for it in death. And if you get near, they will come after you and try to hurt you. I would not necessarily say I'm a huge fan of this song, but it was interesting. I think uh, bringing in that Riders on the Storm feel gives it some some character and personality. It became a mission for me to try and update the lyrics because they were missing or wrong. So uh, I focused in on this one quite a bit. And rightfully so. I think this was a good one to focus in on. I think overall it was a really good, I wouldn't say really good song. I would say pretty good song. Yeah, interesting. Like I said, I've had my problems with it, but definitely more so than anything else, an interesting song. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, that brings us to our last song on this EP. And this is a song that uh, we kind of have known was coming. <laughs> a song called Best Friend. It's featuring Shaggy Too Dope. Eric, what are your thoughts? I have way a lot of thoughts on this one. Maybe I don't have mm -hmm. a lot of thoughts. Maybe my thoughts are just scattered. I'll start by saying I really hate the intro and hook. That, hey, ho, I, I, oh, we, oh. It's so yeah. weird to me. And it feels so out of place with the acoustic guitar thing. That it, most of the song doesn't even really have much of a beat. It's just acoustic guitar strumming. And that call-out hook is weird to me. It just feels so out of place. There's also what I think is a woman singing or a, a pitched male voice. I can't tell, but it, it's it sounds pretty rough to me. And there, I, I had to look it up. They're saying something about flashlight, but I swear I was listening to it and I'm like, are they saying you're my fleshlight when the storm blew out the power? What is that? I, I guess flashlight, but it sounds like they're saying fleshlight. You are my flashlight, flashlight, flashlight. Also... I can't tell what they're saying after that. It almost sounded like they're saying you're the much needed dump after a horrifying night. Like you had to take a shit or uh, uh, the lyrics on genius okay. say dome, but I don't think dome makes any sense either. I had something on this, but I'll let you continue. Okay. But also, if you want to talk about bad singing, this song is a showcase for bad singing. With that said, the bad singing, because of the nature of the song, kind of works. It's like uh, when a, we'll talk about it in terms of Mother's Day, because that's the day that it is. A kid makes mom a card by hand. Is it as good as a card you'd see at the store? No, it's shitty as fuck, but mom loves it because you took the time to make it for me. That's kind of exactly. the dynamic here. It's clearly Violent J and Shaggy on this one. It's mostly Violent J saying to Shaggy, but Shaggy is in on it too. About, hey, you are more important than anybody else in my life. You're my best friend. I'd do anything for you. There's a lot of heart in it, and there's some legit funny stuff. There's a Guy Fieri reference. He says that TV yeah. chef that they say looks like me. And I don't know if you've seen the memes, but it's got Violet J and Guy Fieri and the singer from Smash Mouth. And they're like, same oh, person. Pretty good, yeah. yeah. And then there's a line where he says, she want to fuck, but I need a rubber. And then he says, take mine, bro. And I was like, ew, 
No. <laughs> I just imagine like pulling pulling a condom off of your penis and handing it to your friend and say, "Hey, just just borrow mine." I pictured that too. I pictured for some reason that it had been used, but of course, yeah. It could have just been he handed him one in a package. I, you oh, know. absolutely. It's more than likely that. But, but that's not the how I pictured image it. is just, yeah. Here's what this song is. This song is a bros before hoes song. That's what this is. And it's it's the very much less elegant and less good version of Ride or Die, which we talked about last week. I think Ride or Die is a prettier song. It does the job a little bit better. But my God, this this is a mess. But it's also, I think, exactly what it needs to be in some capacity. It's it's over six and a half minutes long. I probably would have been fine if this was two or three minutes. Uh, I thought Shaggy's rap verse in this was super sick. And if the song wasn't about what it was about, I think I'd really hate it because it's just not a sound I'm a fan of. But this was all over the place. What did you think? First of all, this song is adorable. Yes. My second note is would have loved to get something that was an actual rap rather than sing talking in the verses, which I mean, I don't know if I still agree with that statement now. I definitely you're right. This is a showcase for bad singing, but this is bad singing to express your love for your best friend. So who am I to say that, you know, no, don't do that. Right. This is cute. I think the, 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 Hey, ho part. I wasn't, I didn't mind it too much. Actually. I think it was fine. In fact, in fact, I actually enjoyed the outro where it had that plus the the singing. I thought that was a cool outro for this song and probably a you know a cool outro for this entire EP since it's the last song on it. With that being said, I do think it's too long. I do I would have liked to see this song be like 3 minutes long, three and a half minutes long for sure. I just wouldn't have cut it out the outro. I would have cut one of the verses and then sandwiched it back together. Okay, the chorus. I don't know if dome is the correct word. It could make sense. Could it? Because, you know, people talk about dome in relate in relation to like getting a blow job. Well, it's like a dome is your head, but I think, you know, people say getting some head, getting some dome. I get that. Yeah, getting some dome. Uh, so like, Hey, sometimes you have a horrifying night and you just need to get your dick sucked. Right. That's so you're weird. the much needed home after a horrifying night. I just don't I'm very confused if it is dome uh, then the only way it would work would be in the context that we just explained and even then that's a weird thing to say it's pretty weird I I was like dome like a protective dome like I don't know but I also thought dump when I when I listened to it I heard dump you are the dump after a and I was like dump yeah have a bad night and come home and take a shit and feel better I don't know I don't know if that makes any more or less sense than getting a blowjob. No, I, maybe it's. Like, a, I don't think. Maybe it's both. Oh, little uh, a little uh, what is that called? A a blumpkin. That's not a dirty Sanchez. Yeah, it's a blumpkin. A little blumpkin. Yeah, not bad. <laughs> um, Shaggy had another little kind of breakdown rap in this song as well that I think worked better in this song than it did the last song in my opinion for sure yeah uh it definitely broke up the monotony of the talk singing uh overall this was very fun to listen to i love hearing the love that they have for each other 
And I love, uh, there's this, okay, verse, I wrote it down, verse three, he talks about, Violent J talks about like his, his girl, she could suck the meanest wang from here to Transylvania, she could buy me whips and exotic trips, shit, front row WrestleMania, if that big <laughs> bitch thinks I would ever sell out my boy, she's insane yet, because he's my friend, uh, my fucking best friend, I, th- I, th- I was like, damn, front row WrestleMania, and uh, and you would still side with Shaggy. That is love. Hey, that's how it is. Uh, yeah, no, I think this is a although a little too long, and there's some bad parts about it. I'm gonna forgive them because this was a very sweet song. It was. It really was. Well, hey, that was the EP. But oh my goodness, we're not done. Do you want to know why? I would love to know why. Because we got our hands, uh, by the way, big, big, big shout out to uh, YouTube user Bloody Hatchet ENT, which I can only assume stands for entertainment. Oh, I thought it was an ear, nose, and throat doctor. Oh, okay. You know, Bloody Hatchet ENT, please get back to us. Are you an ear, nose, and throat doctor, or are you an entertainer? Steve meets Abu. The two-song EP that was exclusively handed out, or or that two hundred people got right when they bought it uh, online, is on YouTube, yes. and we listened to the two songs. We did two songs, Arizona. That is a almost the name of a city in Arizona. Almost, mm, almost. Let's talk about them. We've got the album cover there to look at. It oh, does. Yes. It, let's, it, let's talk the album cover. It does have an album cover. Uh, so this album cover, it's the American flag stapled together with the Iraq flag mm-hmm. with Steve meets Abu across the middle of it. But it's written in a font that sort of looks like, what is that? Like Arabic, like a but faux it's clearly, Arabic font. Yeah. It's like a faux Arabic font. That's clearly English. Yeah. If you looked at it quickly, um, you might think, it's something in Arabic, but if you actually look at it, you realize it's 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 written in English. It says Steve meets Abu. Correct. So we have that on the front, on the back, because this is definitely a, a paper sleeve yeah. type of release. Uh, on the back, you have Insane Clown Posse, uh, track one, Steve meets Abu, track two, The Frog, the album credits per song, and then a hatchet, man. Pretty simple design. Honestly, I think that this... This this album cover, I feel like, sends a powerful message. It does. It it's, looks like it would send a powerful message, right? It's it's clean, and uh, the design is cool, and it's very obvious that they are saying something here. Actually, if you look at the image on this, the disc itself, you can see the uh, the 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 symbols, the the writing that are actually in the middle of the Iraqi flag there. So. It's kind of interesting when you look back at the front because of the texturing and stuff. It's hard to see, but it is there behind the word of barely, barely see it. Yeah, really Um, look for it though. Yeah, but yeah, it does. It sends a powerful message, uh, I guess, about you know socio political relations. I think. Yeah, I think so. I think so. That being said, it's. I mean, let's let's get to the first uh, first song. Yeah, yeah. We ready for it? Yeah, yeah. This first track. There's a track called Steve Meets a Boo. It's the title track. Okay. Well, so 
here's here we go. Uh, both of these songs are produced by Seven, who worked quite a bit on Marvelous Missing Link. And again, I think he's created some amazing beats here. Uh, we I think we're big fans of his production on those albums. Mm-hmm. Correction. This track was produced by Seven, but The Frog was produced by Devereaux. I think on this track specifically, this beat is rad. It's very intense. I think the concept of this is, you know, the people that maybe we in the Western world, in the Middle East, that we would view as terrorists or religious extremists, were basically peaceful people of God until we invaded their space and pushed them to become violent and defensive. I think that's what they're getting at. This whole song mm. is is referencing perspective and how we, from one side of a conflict, view the people on the other side and how they view us. And it takes the perspective of the people that generally we are taught to believe are monsters and villains and evil people. This song is also super interesting because it's told in second person perspective, which basically this song is told in uh, a way where you take the role of the main character and Violent J and Shaggy are describing what you are doing and what you are experiencing, which is a little bit different for them but kind of cool. So you in this song take on the role of a person who we later find out is named Abu, who is raised in the Middle East, taught to follow your religion, who is essentially living in a peaceful way, not knowing anything about the outside world or the evil and chaotic and hedonistic culture of the U.S. and the Western world. And each verse basically lists off the woes of Western society. Some of them I think land better than others because I do think that inherently in, you know, any culture, including Middle Eastern cultures, probably some of those things in some capacities exist within their cultures without Western influence as well. But with that said, one of the lines that stood out to me, which was kind of cool, was one where Violent J is bashing western religion saying that the preachers preach against homosexuality and he laughed so hard they made him leave the church which was kind of a cool line to include and a nice way to point out that sort of uh dynamic but right 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 over time you as the lead character begin to fear the western world and you worry about an invasion so the u.s military attacks forces your people to militarize and defend and fight back the song ramps up with you as the main character getting ready to fight and die as a suicide bomber with explosives sewn into your vest and the song ends when you abu see a u.s soldier named steve and you basically meet for just a moment before you blow your suicide vest and kill both of you. That ending is interesting to me because in that moment, it seems that they're really not that different from each other and almost as if they're innocent pawns in this conflict, but they never get to know each other or figure things out because they both die immediately. I think this is a wild, very heavy song, uh, probably very controversial in some circles because of some of the ways that things are painted. But if you look at the underlying message here and the concepts, it's about how we view people and cultures that are different from our own. And I think the message 
is a good message. Uh, when the song's over, we hear a verse from the Quran in Arabic. I looked it up. This verse is known as the throne verse. It speaks about mm. uh, how nothing and nobody is bigger than God. You can't compare people to God. But this is actually one of the best known verses of the Quran and is widely memorized and displayed in the Muslim world. It's often recited to ward off jinn. Now, I don't know if you know this, but in, in the context of Islam, jinn is a name used to refer to supernatural being and creatures, generally demons or devils. So this would be somebody chanting this to ward off evil. Uh, hmm. But anyway, huge explanation for this song I, I know i went way into it but the more i listened to it the more i found it interesting what did you think about it yeah i think this song was very a very powerful and scathing story against the western world and and sort of the differences of what life was like in the middle east before the conflict and what it is probably like now right uh or or was at the height of all this, right? I think you're right. The beat was fantastic. I think the delivery, the flows were amazing. You you retold the story perfectly. This is a really good song. I actually kind of wish that this was on Spotify. I I really do too. I I was surprised that this single, these two songs, are not on Spotify anywhere. I'm really disappointed that they aren't. Yeah, I I think that it's it's a disservice because this this song is really good. Yeah. Well. Let's move on to the next song, which couldn't possibly be more different from this one. This one's called The Frog, and I am dying to see what you think about it. Yeah, so The Frog. You're right. It's different than uh, than the last song. This song is definitely more upbeat. It's not about a serious issue. Uh, although, I don't know. Do you think it's about a serious issue, Eric? Uh, I think... <laughs> uh... I don't know. <laughs> yes, I mean, there's there's serious subject matter, but not nearly in the same way as Steve meets a boo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, not not in the same way. Uh, so I, the first thing I want to say is that in the like the first line of the first verse, uh, he says, "I'm friends with Red Fred, Flip the Rat, and Frankie the Frog." I know Flip the Rat is a, a EP that we're gonna get to in a few weeks, and Fearless Fred Fury is red. And then fearless. So. Fred Fury, yeah, yeah, is red. Do are these two songs because they were deep into working or almost complete on Fearless Fred Fury? Are these songs outtakes from Fearless Fred Fury? That's that's a good question. They could and they very well could be. That's a with Red Fred being brought up here, I think that's a strong argument for it. Yeah. Um but it also he brings up Frankie the Frog, which is going to be the frog that we're talking about here in the song. Yeah. In the chorus, you kind of find out that this frog is a piggy bank mm -hmm. that actually isn't just a piggy bank. Uh, he talks to talks to Violent J and tells him to do all these kind of things that don't work out well for him. And uh, yeah, okay, let me backtrack. Beat great. I like the music in this song. I like the flows in this song. He does a great job telling this story. He's got a lot of really fun lines. First of all, I suck the dirt off her toes. We're both now in our underwear. That should show you this song compared to Steve meets a boo. Later on, he says, he says, she said, I'm cold. I said, I know death will warm you, my dear. Let's snuggle in my snuggie. I'll show you magic. I swear. 
I haven't even thought about Snuggies in a while. That was a dated reference even for, what, 2018 when they worked on this song? Yeah. But overall, I think this song is is pretty fun. It's Should it have been paired with Steve Meets a Boo? I don't think so. I think it was a little too much of a different vibe. But I would have loved to hear this on maybe a Forgotten Freshness or or something of that nature. Whereas whereas Steve Meets a Boo, I am kind of really angry that I can't have it at least as a single on Spotify. Yeah, this is these are odd to be paired. Odd tracks to be paired. Because when you first listen on the surface, like I think the beat is sick, I think the delivery is sick. I think the overall sound of the song is super sick. But when you just listen to it, if you're not really paying attention, there's all these ribbits and stuff. And you're like, what the fuck is this? This is weird. Uh, First off, this is only this is just a Violent J track. This is an ICP EP. These two songs. But this one is all Violent J. I don't think Shaggy's anywhere on this. Uh, And it's a story song, like you said. And when I first listened to it, I just went. What what is he talking about a frog and what are all these ribbits? Like the song sounds fucking rad, but the ribbits throw me off. And then I started listening and paying attention. And I think this is one of the darker songs they've made as far as just telling hmm. a, a horror story. So here's my interpretation of it. The song is about Frankie the Frog and it's a piggy bank that his mother gave to him as her final gift before she died. And when he rubs it and talks to it, it tells him what to do. And I think that they, ICP over the years, have explored a lot of odd concepts. This one might be the strangest to me. The frog tells him to kidnap a meter reader named Rebecca, who's in his yard. So he attacks her, ties her up in the basement, and it, attempts to assault and kill her, but she gets away and fights back. Now, he ultimately does kill her, but the frog tells him to chop her up and put her in freezer bags and eat her. And then Jay uses Rebecca's cell phone to invite her parents over to his house for dinner. And they think it's a joke, it's some, it's her being funny or something, but he feeds Rebecca to her parents and delights in that moment. And then Mm -hmm. he takes out a meat cleaver and attacks and eventually cuts off her mother's head and then shoots her dad. So the hook on this is super catchy, but it's stupid and ridiculous. I'm hearing ribbit, 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 and I love it. It says more than just ribbit when I rub it. Um, This is a whole lot of what the fuck. And I can't lie, though. The more I listen to it, the more I liked it. And it got to the point where I was like, I'm kind of all about this song because the absurdity and the uh, what seems like randomness of it really plays into the craziness. It It's not somebody going, I'm insane, I'm crazy. It's somebody talking about things and letting you come to the conclusion that this person is not okay. And them, as writers, putting this song together, I don't know how your head gets there this one is so random it really worked for me at first i was like this sucks and after two or three listens i went this is fucking awesome so (laughs) i don't know paired with steve meets a boo very weird but i think it's a cool song 
Yeah, I think I think if you listen to Steve Meets Boo on this YouTube video, pause it and then go like do something for 10 minutes, then come back and listen to the frog. When Steve Meets Boo is not fresh on your mind, you're probably going to enjoy it more. Yeah, I will say this. If Steve Meets Boo, these two songs are a taste of what Fearless Fred Fury is going to be like. I'm very stoked. These songs oh, took I'm me back. Incredibly excited. Yeah. Yes. These songs took me back to the feel of some of my favorite ICP releases over the years. They sound modern and different, but the tone is there. Uh, like I, I'm super curious now. Yeah. This this is gonna. If if this is what Fearless Fred Fury is gonna be like, perfect. Also, we have Red Fred, Flip the Rat, and Frankie the Frog mentioned in this song. Like I said before. Red Fred being Fearless Fred Fury, the Joker's card. Flip the Rat being a... I believe Flip the Rat is a sideshow, although we have not gotten there yet. Yeah, it's a sideshow. I think they released on the same day. And then, is that foreshadowing that we're going to have another EP called Frankie the Frog? Uh, I wish... Or are we just going to have this song? No, I think it's just this song because technically... They moved on and they're already in the Yum Yum Bedlam era because they released Yum Yum's Lure. Oh, EP. Yum Yum's Lure. That's yeah. true. So never, that's it never true. happened. That's a bummer. I, I, I could get down with a Frankie the Frog EP though, I think. I'd be down with that. I would be, I would be down for it. Is there some scenario or some dimension out there where we do have a Frankie the Frog EP? There definitely is. Has to be. Has to be. Perfect. Guys, that was Steve Meets a Boo the ep let's track back to brother because we're not we're not giving a that was just a bonus this is a little taste it was a little bonus so we need to track back let's get to back to brother and let's talk about our overall thoughts uh, i'll go ahead and go first with yeah. mine i think brother was a really fun look into i guess violent J. although it was filled with a lot of weird things i think it was great you know, obviously not every song was good. And I don't think there was one standout song that I thought, fuck, this is amazing. But they were interesting enough to capture my attention and sort of be like a, it's more of like a novelty, right? Sure. And and maybe it's a novelty that's a little bit cheapened by the fact that now it's widely available on Spotify. If you were to go through and listen to this and think that this was a wide release, because it was just on Spotify, right? You would probably be pretty harsh on it. But with the background of the fact that this has been exclusive, you know, a very exclusive look into Violent J up until February of this year, uh, yeah, it makes you enjoy it and appreciate it a little bit more, I think. And, and with that being said, I would say that this is a pretty decent, fun listen. If it was anything over 20 minutes, I would be way more critical of it. And honestly, I think that they probably could have shaved this entire release down to probably 15 minutes, eh, maybe like 17 minutes. But overall, it was fun to listen to. I, I, it was short enough to where I was able to give this a, a, a good old triple listen this week. And uh, each time I thought, you know, this is fun. This is fine. Yeah, I, I would agree with most of what you said. I think when I look at these tracks, I really like the intro and fine day. I think Jack and Fabeats isn't a track that I'm going to listen to a lot, but I thought it was fine. I thought it was a fun thing to include on here. I thought black eyed kids was a fine song and I, you know, not something that I really liked, but 
not bad either. I kind of hated listening to Best Friend, uh, but I liked it at the same time, if that makes sense. Overall, the production and delivery are solid, and it's a, it's a great-sounding EP. But most importantly, and this is something that I think we've touched on but never come out and, and really identified, every one of these tracks, including that Steve Meets a Boo EP, have character. And it goes Mm -hmm. a long way. The biggest sin ICP makes is releasing songs that don't have character or personality. That those are the times I think when we most go, "Mm, didn't really like this. When you release songs that are interesting and have personality and character, I think we're both far more forgiving of, well, the singing wasn't great, or maybe it wasn't a great song, but man, that song had a lot of character and personality. I, I think we're far more forgiving in that scenario. And this EP does that. Like, I won't say I like all the songs, but I have no doubt this is a fan favorite, that there's there are people that just love the fuck out of this. And I honestly think having just four songs lets each of these tracks shine in the way that they couldn't possibly if they were scattered across a full-length album. Yeah, if this was a full release or even like five to six songs you know what i mean like i i think that it would the novelty and the heart of each of these tracks will probably would probably have gotten lost a little bit yeah yeah i think this was a cool little ep i i'm glad they did this i wish they would do stuff like this even more but i thought this was cool yeah absolutely um so with that being said we gotta put gotta put some tracks on the playlist right Mm mm-hmm I really so obviously brother can't go on brother is just samples of of uh hulk hogan jack and for beats i don't think should go on either no first of all it's not that good it's weird i I don't know i honestly i think a fine day and black eyed kids are kind of the the songs that make the most sense here's the deal if steve meets abu was on spotify i would immediately pick that even though it was part of our bonus that would be the thing i would choose but i have to go with fine day I could I could see either Black Eyed Kids or Best Friend being the other pick, and I'm fine with with either one if you want. But I think a fine day for me is the obvious pick here. A fine day is absolutely the are the obvious pick. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and say Black Eyed Kids. I think Best Friend is great for what it is, but I also think that it's a song that that if you want to listen to it, if you are an ICP fan. You're gonna have listened to it already. Yeah, not gonna be great um, in the playlist, no. Yeah, it's a, I don't think it would read well in the playlist. So with the playlist now, we have ninety songs. 90. Six hours and thirty-three minutes. Couldn't can you believe it? I, I hope we hit a hundred songs on the playlist. I think we That's will. Only five more episodes. Yeah, we'll do it. We're gonna hit a hundred. Yeah, we'll we'll hit a hundred, I think for sure. Yeah. But we need to talk about our Fago scores. We do. Fago it up. Music and beats. I'll go first. Sure. I wasn't a huge fan. So, so Jack and for beats obviously had great beats because it had iconic beats, right? We can't really count that. I like what they've, what they did when they interpolated that doors song. Mm -hmm. I like that EDM sample that they did for the chorus. Mm -hmm. I got to go with, uh, honestly, I think I'm going to go like very middle or two and a half. Two and a half. Because uh, cause the stuff that... And the, I'm I'm not counting the bonus EP in these. I mean, the beats on that bonus EP were better than everything else. So, 
Oh, that that would but if if we were counting the bonus EP, that would bump it up a full Fago for me at yeah. least in music I, and beat. I did not count that either. Cool. Okay. Yeah. No. So I went middle of the road, two and a half. What they sampled was great. What they interpolated was great. The original beats were they like god awful? No. But were they great? No. Yeah, I felt kind of the same. There was nothing particularly bad on here, but for me, there was one beat that I loved. I, I really liked everything about the music for Fine Day. Uh, one was just stolen beats, which we talked about, and then there were two that were kind of weird and I didn't personally like. However, they were fine. Probably on the better side of middle, I gave it a three. Okay, makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Lyrics and flows, what did you have? So I thought that the flows on most of the songs were pretty good. The first two, especially. So Fine Day and Jack and Faux Beats, I think there was some really great stuff. The last two songs, not much in the way of flows. And lyrically, there was some good stuff there, though. So I also gave this one a three. I thought it was better than average overall. Yeah, believe it or not, I, I gave it a three as well because I was able to sort of score... Uh, Jack and Faux Beats a little better than when I was scoring music and beats yeah. because it was original stuff, right? And right. and for the most part, it was good stuff. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that you're right. I think the first half of the EP came out strong. Latter half fell off a little bit as far as me- lyrics and flows go, but mm-hmm. uh, I think a three is a perfect score for it. Yeah, for sure. I don't know if we can count anything as skits and interludes because anytime there was something, it was just a sample of Hulk Hogan saying brother. I didn't score anything. Yeah, me skits and interludes, yeah. Vibe at the time of release. 2018. I, I think that the vibe at the time of release would have been a... I would have given it a better score if what was planned, which would be giving this thing out for VIP meet and greets on a 30 day solo tour. I think if that actually happened, I would probably give this a higher score. Not saying I'm giving it a bad score cards on the table. I went with a three on this one, but I think this could have been like four or five. uh, Even if this was properly given out the way it was meant to give out, because I think that really dictates the vibe of what you're listening to. I think that, like I said earlier, going into Spotify as a casual IP, ICP fan and just saying, oh, hey, look at this. It came out in February of 2021 on Spotify. Let's take a listen with no previous knowledge, no background knowledge that this actually has been out for a while. I would come in and say, this is awful. This is what you did last year. <laughs> this sucks. <laughs> But with the background knowledge of what this thing actually is, what this little nugget of exclusivity actually is that is now finally, after being out for a few years, now finally being released widely, I think that that, that definitely adds. So, so like I said, if he didn't have to cancel the tour in order to finish Fearless Fred Fury, I think that this would have been a uh, much higher score for me. But I went with a three. Interesting. I don't know that the the context for me is as vital. However, I do think it helps. Had this been just released as a standard wide release, I probably would have felt very much the same about it. But I think 
again, we are still coming off of 2016, 2017, 2018, all being a little quiet, not a whole lot coming out, a little Mm. weird and uncertain with a lot of solo stuff going on. I would have maybe been nervous about why are they doing solo EPs, but Violent J number one showed I I can still tell stories. I can still have fun and say, you know, stuff that's going to make you laugh. And don't worry about us being solo. I've seen people online that were saying uh, they thought that ICP broke up or something like that. But put a song on there and go, look, this is my best friend. We are not going anywhere. You know, this is this is who we are. I think all that stuff is important. And I think all that context factors into making this the right thing for the right time. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I gave this a 3.5. So overall, when we factor everything, this is a three Fago release. Hey, surprisingly high scored release. Congratulations for your three Fagos incredible amazing now this seems honestly this seemed more incredible and collectible yes. than the incredible collectible collection Quite. now would this give me an erection i don't think it would i had two or three during that Ooh, were you eating rice i was eating rice and i was watching some news reports uh from the you know early to mid 2000s Ah, so you probably saw Condoleezza Rice? A lot, yeah. Oh, no. Okay, that might be why you got the erection, Eric. I hate to say it. Yeah, I think that's probably it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm glad we got that settled. Guys, that was our review. And I hope that you enjoyed the the bonus Steve Meets a Boo. We will put the YouTube link for that in the description of this show for you to check out yourself. If you have not, Uh, we'll also tweet it out. Speaking of Twitter, if you want to get in contact with us outside of listening to us talk at each other, Eric, where can they find us? Well, they can find us on Twitter at ICUPWWE. Or if you're more of an email type ninja, you can email us again. Very easy to remember. ICUPWWE at gmail.com. Super simple. Super easy. Hit us up. We love hearing from you, hearing your thoughts, chatting about stuff. Uh, you can find me personally if you just have something that only I need to know, that you only can tell me, that you don't feel comfortable telling both of us. You can find me on Twitter at Nuclear Is Lonely, or you can check out my website. You can email me, whatever, uh, ericconway.com. Aaron, what if they have something that they can only tell you? Guys, if you're listening to this episode and you think, man, I love that Aaron guy, but that fucking Eric piece of shit sucks ass so much. And I never want to talk to him. You can find me and all my socials at AaronLocklear.com. I am on all of the socials, so I'm not going to name off all of my handles, as well as a link to my merch store and my Etsy page where I sell original artwork all on that website. Uh, and then, like I said, again, uh, twitch.tv slash gristle media stream about three to four days a week playing sea of thieves amongst other games it is always a great time hanging out that's where you can find me yeah i love that you're selling original artwork it would be way better though if your whole thing was hey you can go to my etsy site where i sell poorly rendered copies of famous works of art where i (laughs) i'm just gonna i'm just gonna like badly acrylic paint the mona lisa 
and I just, just be like very, very exclusive. Yeah, I I stick Crayola markers up my butt and create like uh, Renoir or something images and sell them. Hey, I'd buy it. I would. Hey, if you did that, uh, I would buy nah, it. I, the Crayola that you put up your butt—that is not the uh, artwork. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, guys, we also have something super cool coming up. May 26th, we are doing another special movie night in the Discord. Link in the description below, as well as on our Twitter. We've seen a few of you uh, homies joining up, and we can't wait for another another cool movie night. For this month's movie, we do not quite know where we're watching yet, but we are quickly figuring that out. We've got it narrowed down. It's it's one of two things. And if we can figure out how to do one of them, man, it's going to be an explosive evening of pure action and entertainment. Pure action and entertainment. And either way, no matter what we watch, who wouldn't want a nice little Wednesday evening hanging with, uh, hanging with me and Eric, right? Hey, uh, you know what? Hanging out with the crew, with with all the folks in there, chatting, having fun. We could watch an hour and a half of, you know, somebody sticking Crayola markers up their ass. With that being said, we can't wait for next week. What is next week? You're probably wondering. I'll tell you right now. Next week, we're reviewing Shaggy Two Dope's 2019 EP, Gloomy Sunday. Love the name of that. That's awesome. Yeah, this is going to be good. I'm very excited for this release. Um, Guys... Until then, for Eric, I'm Aaron. Big old whoop whoop out there and have a fantastic week. Whoop No, I'm not. I'm not a racist. I never should have said what I said. It was wrong. I'm embarrassed by it. But a lot of people need to realize that you inherit things from your environment. And where I grew up was South Tampa, Port Tampa. And it was a really rough neighborhood, very low income. And all my friends, we greeted each other saying that word. We teased each other with that word. The word was just thrown around like it was nothing. Is it fair to say that you inherited a racial bias? I would say that is very fair, but you can break the cycle. And that's what everybody needs to know. You can break this cycle and become a better person, become who you're meant to be instead of who you're supposed to be.